Welcome everybody. We are live. We are live. My name is Jason Aponte. I am Andrew Pasquini. We're working. That's it. We're working over here. That's it. Let's go Niners. Let's go Niners. Sprint Ride Option Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. We are live. It is a new Sprint Ride Option Podcast. I am Andrew Pasquini. Jason Aponte to my right. This is extra hard because I'm looking at my camera, but Jason's here. So my eyes are going to be in different places this whole episode. And I apologize. I'm talking to you guys, even though it might not look like I'm talking to you guys, but we are live. Uh, Jason Aponte, how are you doing on this lovely, uh, it's Monday. It's Monday, November 22nd. Uh, nothing happens on November 23rd. It's a very boring day. Uh, so I just want to know how you're doing on uh, today. I actually was about to say that we are about, less than three hours or is it three hours i'm bad at math three hours and a half away from the birthday of a legend who's that and for Miley you Cyrus? to say yeah for you to say the 23rd is a boring day i i don't agree with that because it is your birthday yes. in a short while i understand that you live in a completely different um time zone and yes. world where things move at a different speed but as of right now for me i am getting closer to three and a half hours to celebrate Andrew Pasquini's birthday and not Miley Cyrus. Sorry. Yeah. I, I, I was going to say, I was going to correct you. I was like, you know, it's actually, th- it's like six hours away. I don't know. And then I remembered like time zones, time differences, all that stuff. Sin, how you doing? Thank you very much. Uh, we, we, we love you here at the Sprint Red Option Podcast. Jesse is here. The analytics department's in here. I missed the analytic departments on Friday. We, we recorded a little early on Friday. Um, actually, I just came up with a genius idea. I have you on my monitor in front of me on the YouTube stream, so I could actually like look at you like four seconds behind. And Jason, actually, I wanted to open the podcast about something that happened on Friday because we did record on you know Friday before you know my lunchtime, and we missed maybe the biggest news story of the day. And maybe you know what I'm talking about. Maybe you don't, Jason. Uh, the New York Yankees DFA Tyler Wade, Rognet Odor, and one Clint Frazier. Uh, which means the Clint Frazier to the San Francisco Giants is a possibility right now. And that's all that matters to me. Um, I'm happy for Clint. I hope he goes and he balls out because I felt like he never got the, the fair shake with the Yankees. Mm-hmm. Um, he never fit in with the buttoned up. Can't have any. Like Aaron Judge has a beard right now. Aaron Judge has a beard. He looks good. He looks amazing, actually. Like, he looks amazing. And and for you to walk up to Aaron Judge when he walks into that building and say, you need to shave that, shame on you, Yankees. And I'm also ashamed to be a fan of your team. But I hope Clint Frazier goes somewhere else and destroys baseballs. And I hope that the Yankees eat a bunch of crow because I felt like he was never given a fair shake. I look hope at all that, the, look at all these fair, look at all these happy birthdays, man. Look at all these world. happy birthdays. Yeah, no, no. I, I I hope that place is San Francisco. Uh, Clint Frazier feels like a far like it's it, it's really a win win. Like if Clint Frazier signs somewhere else, you know it is what it is. But if he signs with the Giants, I can say, look at this Farhan guy. Farhan found him. We did it, and uh, so so I'm very I'm very excited. So I'm I'm a uh, you know we'll we'll see where Clint Frazier goes. He's somebody I've liked even if he doesn't go to the Giants. Excited to see because he he was drafted by the formerly Guardians. Indians, now Guardians. Uh, we got to be correct on that, just like the Washington football team. Um, so yeah, so I'm I'm excited to see where Clint Frazier goes. I saw Tyler Ray- Wade got traded to the Angels today. Look, uh, the, it's the just Yankees pouring just, in, bro. Look at this. Terrell Owens says happy birthday. That's cool. Um, you know, so so we'll, we'll see. We'll see what the Yankees do. They're obviously opening up 40 man roster spots. I saw Corey Seager. I saw. 
Marcus Simeon. You know, this, so the Yankees are in on some people, so that's exciting. Corey Seager is going to be the starting shortstop uh, because Carlos Correa said some stuff about uh, somebody that you can't say anything bad about. Some factually, so two, cor- factually correct stuff. So. Yeah, well, you know what's factually correct? You'll never have as many hits as Derek Jeter. That's also factually correct. I let go of that hope when I was like 18. Yeah, I mean, not you. I mean, Carlos Correa. Oh, never Carl- have as- <laughs> Carlos Correa. I you're saying me. <laughs> not you. No, Carlos Correa will never have as many hits as Derek Jeter. So he can go away and he'll never have as many World Series rings, no matter how many garbage cans get banged on. That's fair. That's also, I mean, well, if he does go to the Yankees, though, that'd be, you know, you'd hope he wins as many World Series, right? Um, he won't though. Um, and I, and it's just because whatever enough with baseball, who cares, man? Not a real sport. God, can we move on? I honestly wanted to see how long we could keep that conversation up. I was just going to no. say, yeah. So we are here to talk about the San Francisco 49ers as we usually are. Uh, the, they, they defeat the urban Meyer led Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, 30 to 10. And, um, it wasn't an exciting football. Which I mean, it's exciting as a 49er fan. Obviously, they win. Uh, they're five and five. But if you're a football fan who enjoys watching good football, this snoozer. Not... What? Snoozer. Snoo- oh, I thought you, I thought you were calling me like a loser. I thought okay, no. but yeah, no, it was a snooze. Like I, I'm gonna be honest. The second Trent Williams got a pass thrown to him, that's when I zoned out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and and also. Where's the penalty flag here, dude? You can't just rip down Trent Williams. And then you know what's the best part about it? Um, KP, uh, you know, friend of the podcast, Niners Nation KP show, also pointed out Trent Williams tapped out, was like, all right, like a receiver, like, all right, I'm out now. Because he ran like a yard and a half, man. Like, honestly, that really is uh, – it, it encapsulated how that game went and how that game was over immediately like it was over after once the I, I felt that game was over once the Jaguars went three and out after the 49ers held that ball for the entire quarter oh, I was yeah. like this, this game's over it was three to nothing and the game was over the game was over <laughs> um uh yeah no uh maybe, maybe you remember you remember the Saints game that obviously you remember the same the famous Saints game the 2019 one where the Saints went for the fake punt and we learned the very unique rule of there's no penalties or no pass interference on fake punts. Maybe we just don't know the rule that there's just no pass interference against offensive linemen. But did you hear what Jimmy Garoppolo said after? And and this, honestly, I, I know that this doesn't sound like a sound strategy, but I think it it's fun to talk about. He said that once Trent Williams checked in there, he was not going anywhere else. It didn't no. matter how many people had were all over him. He threw him the ball and it didn't matter. Like, to be able to say that and take that chance right there, that kind of just lets you know what the 49ers thought of the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. And also, I have to eat a ton of crow for yes. two reasons. One, Jason has to apologize. Two, I apologize for saying the season was over after Arizona. I apologize for that. You guys can roast me on that one. Cut the clip and make fun of me. That's fine. The season's clearly not over. And two, I apologize for even hinting at the idea that this game would have been in anywhere near close, anywhere near uh, a, a – uh, a competitive game because it never was once that three and out happened after that long drive this game was signed sealed delivered and i almost zoned out right after that yeah i mean i hand up on that too because i named the podcast on friday literally be, be wary, wary. Of the jaguars so and, you did uh, it i did it or excuse me the jaguars i gotta i gotta pronounce it right no, I don't have to worry about pronouncing the Jaguars right for another four years. So but let, let's try and clean episode today. Until, until the 49ers until the 49ers meet the Jaguars next year in the Super Bowl. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The Jaguars led by Trevor Lawrence. Um 
But yeah, and, and obviously, listen, and, and I, I think where I want to start with the conversation today, Jason, is I understand the, the thought of, hey, it's the Jaguars. The Niners were supposed to win that game. What can we take away from it? And I, I want to use that argument kind of against itself. What? Um, did I just Jason get never watches. Rich, you but know did, Jason never watches. Did I just get watched the tape on my own podcast? Oh, my goodness, man. What is even happening at this point? Um. I, I just want to start with with the point of you know they played the Jaguars. It's obvious you know they they should have won. To me, I think it's very it, this win's important because the Niners did exactly what they were supposed to do against a team like the Jacksonville Jaguars. Right? They they didn't they didn't mess around. They they came out ready to play, and this could have been like the Lions game, right? Like yeah, the Niners should have beaten the Lions, and things got very hairy. The Niners have now played back to back complete games. And that's huge. And, and I get it. It's the Jaguars. They're two and whatever, two and seven now, two and eight, two and eight now. But the Niners went into Jacksonville, a 10 a.m. game, and they took care of business. They they ran through the Jaguars like they did. And and I'm not going to say like this is the game where we're going to say the Niners are good now, but this is a game where I think the thoughts of the Niners aren't good kind of start going away because they took care of business as they were supposed to in Jacksonville. And that's what that's what good football teams do. They win the games that they're supposed to win, and they yes. win them emphatically. And that's the thing that you should take away from it. You know, um, I think that the way that you should be thinking about a season is beat the teams that you know you're supposed to beat, and play the good teams at 500 or better, and mm-hmm. everything should be fine within your season. And right now, the 49ers are in a groove. Jimmy Garoppolo's in a groove. Kyle Shanahan's in a groove. This team is moving in the right direction, and. And the 49ers, they needed another win like that. They didn't need a nail-biter, anything like that. So, I mean, beating a really good team like the Rams and then following it up with a similar performance against an inferior team, because let's just put it out there, they are, Mm -hmm. um, it's a good sign. It is. And and now, next week, we're going to go into it. We're going to go into it is next week's a test. Mm -hmm. Next week is a test because it's a team that not only is in front of you in this playoff race but it's a team that matches up very well against you and please do not i mean i I don't want to get into the vikings breakdown or anything like that but now i'm gonna let you know real quick please do not get that 2019 vikings team confused with this team right now because obviously this two different seasons but it's good to be rolling in this direction when after this vikings game the schedule kind of clears up and i know Mm -hmm. i preach do not look ahead anything like that but when you watch other teams perform, Falcons, uh, Titans, uh, you know, a few other teams that are down the line, you know, I know the Titans have won a bunch of games. They just got waxed by the Texans. Mm-hmm. The, and the 49ers have the Texans coming up as well. So things start to look a little bit different when you start to find an identity. And sometimes it takes a little bit longer for things to click. And right mm-hmm. now it's it's two games and, you know, you win a game on Sunday, you win another game on Sunday. And then you win a third game on Sunday. That's called a winning streak. It yes. has happened before. Yeah, and and you look you look at the Niners' schedule, and obviously we're not going to look too far ahead. But after Minnesota, you got this you know bum last place team. You got to go up there and play Seattle. Uh, you got the Bengals, you got the Falcons, and you got the Titans. And those are, you know, they, they could you could say the Titans, but the Titans just lost to the Texans. So you can make the argument that the the, the, the Titans also lost to the Jets as well. Thank you. Uh, Keith for that point too is it's 
you you look at these are those are four winnable games. So maybe they roll in and and they go. Let's say four and one the next five weeks. Now we're talking about a nine and six team. And who knows where Arizona is going to be? Who knows where the Rams are going to be? Who knows where all these teams are going to be? So yeah, th- this is a very good time. I guess I guess the term would be the Niners are peaking at a very good time right now. And maybe it's a little early if you want to talk Super Bowl contenders, but I don't think the Niners are ever Super Bowl contenders. So if you want to talk about a team that's trying to go to the playoffs, and then who knows what happens in the playoffs because the playoff is a crapshoot, um, this is a team that's peaking at the right time. Get into the dance. That's it. That's all you can ask for. That's mm-hmm. it. There are no Super Bowl contenders right now. I mean, the the Bucks lost to Washington football team. And, and, and this season has been insane. And that's the thing. And that's what I've always kind of preached is like, stop talking about Super Bowl. Just talk about getting into the dance. And yeah. then from there, take your chances. Because mm-hmm. who knows how you match up at that point? Who knows what a, what a Packers matchup will look like if you're in there later on? Who knows what it would be like if you played the Bucks? Because clearly the Bucks are still in the hierarchy of the NFC, but they yep. aren't the team that peaked at the right time last year because there was a, a short while in, in, in uh, 2020 where the Bucks didn't exactly look like the class of the NFC, but they clicked it together at the right time. Also, it helps to have, you know, the GOAT who is like on yeah. TV right now, goading. I don't think he's missed a pass yet. Um, but but at the same time, it's all about who's hot. And, and and teams who have snuck into the playoffs have done damage, and that's it. It's really just about getting into the dance, yes. and that's it. Yeah, and, and that's what it is. And and now because the Niners, they have won three of four. That's something I wanted to make sure I said. Oh, well, can I bring this up? Can I bring this yeah, up? Go ahead. Gustavo okay. makes the point. Uh-oh. McGlinchey has been missed. I know that that's a sarcastic uh, uh, comment, but Jalen Moore got benched for Tom Compton. Mm-hmm. So McGlinchey's not missed? Talk to me, because McGlinch yeah. will never be benched for Jalen Moore or Tom Compton. No, talk to me. Yeah, no. Because so- I watched the ta- I watched the tape. Rich Madrid, I hope you're still in here. I watched the tape. <laughs> Jalen Moore missed on a bunch of stunts and allowed sacks and didn't know where he was on protection. But hey, anybody's better than McGlinchy, right? Just plug and play him, right? Like just yeah. bring him in and he'll plug and play. Mike McGlinchy's missed. You know why? He never misses games. Now Jalen Moore got benched. For Tom Compton in this game, but hey, you know it's cool to run with narratives. You know that's cool. We love we love narratives. We love narratives. Um, I love I love the narratives that have no basis in actual like scheme or like what's going on though. Like that's real good. I like that. Gustavo, right? You're right though. Right tackle wins are the most important stat in football. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the the game starts a little ominous. Uh, Trenton Cannon he tries to catch the kickoff. He drops it. Uh, and he gets stopped at the 10-yard line. And that ended up being a very good thing for the 49ers because they opened the game with a 20-play, 87-yard drive, ends in a field goal, and as Jason I said. I hated it. I hated it. You hated what? The field goal attempt. Yep, I, that's the point I was making. I know some people were questioning Kyle Shanahan's aggressiveness at the end of the first half. I want to talk about the field goal just for a second. Um, how do you not just go for it there? I mean, if you can't get one yard, um, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, look, Jimmy Garoppolo was great. And he's been playing great this entire time. He's executing the offense. He missed Jeff Wilson. There was no pressure in his face. I watched the play 12 different times from both angles on the all 22. The man had a clean pocket. The throw was there. Just make the throw. Just lob it. Just lob it up there. And it's a mm-hmm. touchdown. And then we're not talking about anything. No. Um. But 
you know, I hated the idea of it. Now, look, let me play devil's advocate on my own point here. It would be harsh to have the ball for that long and walk away with no points. Mm -hmm. But what you're telling me is you don't believe your team can get one yard on a gas defense. And that's what I took away from it. Now, look, that is completely inconsequential. The 49ers won by 20 points. But you're talking about like we're talking about our thought process as the game is happening. We're not talking about in hindsight. I didn't like that. I didn't like that at all. Like you have to literally punch that in and you have to Mm -hmm. finish that drive with a touchdown. Yeah, and and at the same time too, like if if we're t- if we're t- if we're having this conversation in the moment, right? Because because obviously the Niners went thirty to ten. This is this is such an irrelevant conversation, but we're talking about it in the moment. Not only are we talking about Shanahan not having to trust in the offense to get one yard, we're talking about Shanahan not having to trust in a defense to prevent a team from going ninety eight yards right. if you don't get the first down against an offense. At what I say, they haven't scored more than twenty three in a game this year. So it, it's things like that that are weird and I don't understand. But as I said, it's it's a mute point at this point because the Niners win by three scores. Um, but it, it was it was interesting. I, I guess we'll leave it at that. And Matthew makes a good point here. Um, Tom Compton messes up all the time but won't bench him. A rook messes up and he benches them. I hate that double standard BS. It's not only him, Josh Norman. I mean, hey, he punched out the ball. That's all he seems to be good at doing Five on the field. Fumbles. Yeah, but that's fine. But mm-hmm. 12 blown coverages, like, you know, for five forced fumbles, that, you know, 12 blown coverages, yeah. every 12 blown assignments every game, uh, like of leaving guys wide open. And uh, anybody who wants to talk about it, I, I got film examples for you. But yeah, it, he never gets yelled at. Never. Wait, Rich, Rich said you didn't watch the film. Oh, he was just being silly. Okay. Because I did watch the film. And that's why I had, uh, uh, yes. I had my, my strong. You know, Jaguars aren't as bad. They beat the Bills, who the Bills just got waxed by the Colts. The Jaguars played the Colts close. So, yeah. Um, ooh, this one's a good one, too. Um, Embry Thomas looks like discount Brian Allen out there. Ooh. Um, I try to tell everybody, listen, you want to get him reps and you think that that's going to be better, that's cool. But uh, I don't like what I saw. I don't like what's on his film i didn't like what i saw yeah. in training camp and there's a reason for that so and gustavo you make a good point here kyle is too scared to tell norman anything but he'll make brandon Ayuk run harder in practice hey brandon Ayuk had a very good game yesterday too he oh, sure did. Uh, let, let's talk about the other receiver remember when we talked about a thousand yards damn it and we but but at the same time though I think, Jason, because we talked about Devo Samuel on on Friday and we want him in the MVP conversation, I think he had a game that helps that case because he proved he is an offensive weapon. Okay, we talk about the one reception for 15 yards, two targets, whatever. So how does he make that up? Eight carries, 79 yards, and a touchdown. Debo Samuel is an offensive weapon, and people might be looking at me and saying, oh, if we're talking about Debo Samuel as an MVP, what about Cooper Cup? Because Cooper Cup has more receiving yards, all that fun stuff. Cooper Cup isn't used how Debo Samuel's used. So I think if anything, like, like this is a case of why Debo Samuel deserves an MVP conversation, you know, talk, because he's non-existent in the passing game, so he makes an impact in the running game. So, like, this Debo Samuel is not a normal receiver, dude. I think at this point we need to just put him on the roster as an offensive weapon. All right, here we go. Um, just some Debo Samuel stats that support exactly what Andrew was saying. 
NFL all-purpose yards leaders, number one, Jonathan Taylor with 1,444. Debo Samuel is number two with 1,206. Yards per touch leaders, Debo Samuel is number one with 15.3. Justin Jefferson is number two with 14.5. Cooper Cup is 13.2 at number four. So in terms of that, that's exactly what we're talking about. And I understand the MVP award is a quarterback award. And for all the people who are Captain Obvious to me on Twitter, when I said Debo Samuel needs to be discussed, well, he'll never win. I never said win. Discussed. Discussed. And you know why? Discussed means who's most valuable to your team and where would this team be without Debo Samuel? All that talk yeah. about Trey Sermon and everything as well, right? We knew for a fact that it wouldn't just be Trey Sermon right off the bat. It was it was Debo Samuel. The leading rusher in this game was Debo Samuel. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's how... Kyle views him and how he's being used as an offensive weapon and how valuable he is to this team, why he needs to be in that discussion. If you took Cooper Cup away from this offense, no disrespect to Cooper Cup. We're talking about the Rams. If you took Cooper Cup away from that offense, they would still be functional. They have a good quarterback. Yep. You know, they, they they can get the ball to Odell Beckham. They have ways that they can get the ball out. But if Debo Samuel is not there, I don't feel that this offense would be operating at its functionality, especially if we're talking about these last two weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and that's very fair. I mean, Debo Samuel is, I mean, at this point, he is the offense, right? Like he, he's the guy the offense runs through. He's he's what we thought he can be. I mean, honestly, he's he's better than what we thought he could be. You know, there there was questions during the off season. Uh, you know, when when there when there's no conversation to be had. You know, there, there's conversation of like, is he a guy that they're going to pick the fifth year option up for and things like that. And I think this is the season he's really proving it. And so it, it's. Debo Samuel, man, the, the Niners team is this Niners team is nowhere near five and five without Debo Samuel, and, no. and that that should go into the case of MVP. And and you know, as we said, we we do not think he's going to win MVP. It's a very, it's a it's a very quarterback centric award, and and that's okay because the quarterback is the most important position in the in in the NFL. That's it is what it is. It's but worse. let's just get him in the conversation. That's all we want. Yeah, and and the other thing is is. He wasn't an MVP candidate when his team was two and five. No. Right? Like, that's another thing. It's like you can't make an MVP candidate be at two and five. But now at five and five, you know, or two and four, whenever it was, you know, at five and five and and, uh, and operating with a chance to make the playoffs, now is when you can bring him into the discussion. Again, nothing against Cooper Cup. But if you took him away from that Rams team, how many losses would they have that are like, I don't think that it's, it's, it's any way like changing their outcome. Maybe they'll have one more loss, but Matthew Stafford with Robert Woods before Odell Beckham got there, they were humming, you know, and, and, and I, I I just don't think that it's the same thing in in my opinion. One more thing I wanted to touch on. One more thing I wanted to touch on because there was a lot of discourse on 49ers Twitter about it. Um, the idea of who is going to be the starting safety, um, Andrew, do you want to elaborate a little bit more about that? Because we had some strong opinions about it uh, on our last show. Uh, yeah, I mean, Jaquaski Tart's pretty good. Oh. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, listen, I understand the idea. I, and I, I get why people like Talanoa Hafunga. I understand it. The dude plays hard and, and he hustles and all that fun stuff. Um, my comparison to it is this is not high school. This, this is not like I get why people like that and want him to play because of how hard he plays. But this is the National Football League, man. Like in high school, being the first to practice and the last to leave means something. Being the guy who 
who sprints hard and is in, you know, things like that, that's going to get you attention. But this is the NFL. And if you have a better player than the guy who sprints hard, I guess the reverse would be the last to show up the practice first to leave. If he's a talented player, he's going to play 10 out of 10 times over the guy who is the first to leave or first to be there and last to leave. So like I get the love of Hufanga, but Jaquaski Tart is just better. And that's just what it is. And Jason, I know you have some numbers, so let's let's hear it. I do. So, I mean, again, for all the talk about playing time and who was going to be the person who, you know, we're not giving the job back. Jaquaski Tart played 40 defensive snaps, two on special teams. Talanoa Hufanga played 16 defensive snaps and 15 on special teams. And many of those snaps that he got on the defensive side of the ball were with Jaquaski Tart on the field. There is no way that this team, and I don't care what Kyle Shanahan says, is going to replace Jaquaski Tart at this point, especially now that this team is in playoff spot. Listen, I get it. All those things that, that you know, Andrew talked about, everybody likes it. He's going to eventually be the starter. I'm of the opinion that Tar's not going to be here next year. Someone else is going to pay him, and good for him, because I believe that he is one of the most underrated 49ers. Friend of the pod, we all know that. But at the same time, mm-hmm. right now, if this team is in a playoff position, there is no way that you can start Hufanga over him because of the flexibility that both of those guys give you. Yeah. And at the same time, the only penalty that was in this game was on Tart at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, no big plays over his head. That's why you guys don't really get the whole, well, what does he do? You never hear his name called. You never hear Jimmy Ward's name called because they just do their job. And mm-hmm. realistically, that's all the 49ers need at this point. And they are as solid as it comes. Yeah. And and, and like this is nothing against Talano Funga. I think he plays his role very well. Um, as the hybrid safety, you could have them drop down, play linebacker a little bit, things like that. That's very cool. But if we're talking about strictly the safety position, Jaquaski Tart starts every time. And, and that's yeah. just, it, it, and I, and I, whatever, if you guys want to complain about the lack of interceptions, things like that, you can, but that's just the, that's just looking at the box score. That's just looking at the box score and saying, Oh, Tartan Ward, no interceptions. Again, the box score doesn't tell you things like the coverage. Wait, and is Pasquini hitting us with watch the tape? You know, maybe a little bit, things like that. But like, like the, the the Niners don't give up a ton of big plays. And what's that reason? You got two very good safeties back there. And 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 yes, they don't get the interceptions. Whatever it is, what it is. There's a reason they they've been the starter for as long as they've been. Like, like if if we're talking about Talanoa Hufanga over a safety that's been on the 49ers for two years, you know, sure, let's talk about it. Let, let's have that conversation. Jimmy Ward and Jaquaski Tart. There is a reason. There is a reason they have been the starting safety duo when healthy for what seven years now? Yeah, uh, longest tenure now? 49ers, whatever it may be. So, like, like listen, I get I get the Hufanga love because I like Hufanga too. I, I like him. It, it's just he, he doesn't belong in the conversation with Jaquaski Tart, and he doesn't belong in the conversation. He's not even in the conversation with Jimmy Ward because he, you know, whatever, not the same position. Um, but but he just doesn't belong in that conversation yet. I think I think where Talanoa Hufanga, the conversation he belongs in is the Talanoa Hufanga conversation. He just belongs, he he is himself. And obviously Kyle Shanahan likes what he's doing because he is he's still getting snaps. It's not like he he didn't play. You know, it's 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 little things of that. So 
Yeah, and, and the thing is, you have to play him closer to the line because you don't want to expose him to deep mm-hmm. coverages, anything like that. And that's where Tark can do everything. He's done it all. You've watched him play at the line, blitz, be uh, closer to the line of scrimmage, play last man on the backside. That's the part that Hufanga has to grow into, and he has to learn that. So that's the part that, look, I get the excitement. And nobody's trying mm-hmm. to, you know, douse your excitement and throw water on it. Not but at, at the same, But at the same time, he's going to have his shot. It's clear that he's going to be the starting guy going forward next season. But as of right now, this team is in a playoff spot. You need to have solid players. Rookie development is out the window. And and Mm -hmm. that's going to tie into something else that we're going to talk about that has been discussed uh, a bunch with, you know, why the hell aren't you developing this guy and this guy? Well, this is a playoff team right now. Mm -hmm. Um, You think this is the time for development at this point? So, you know, I mean, but, hey, one more thing I wanted to bring up. George Kittle. Imagine throwing the ball to him in the red zone. Good things happen. And let me elaborate on those good things. George Kittle's numbers in the red zone in 2021, three targets, three completions, 15 yards, three touchdowns. I am no football savant or analytics genius, but that seems efficient. That seems good. George Kittle, for the first time in his career, scores a touchdown in three consecutive games. Something about that feels right, Andrew. And uh, call me crazy, but it might be cool to get him the ball in the end zone or in the red zone closer like that. Yeah, man. Like, listen, there's a reason why people talk about him being the best tight end in the NFL when he's on and healthy. Because, like, yeah, Travis Kelsey, he's probably the better receiver and all that stuff. And and obviously this – this argument's not going to work in this conversation just because we're talking about getting him the ball, but like the run blocking ability ability and the pass blocking ability. I think when, you know, George Kittle was breaking tight end records is what made him better than Travis Kelsey. And they kind of stopped giving him the ball. Now they're giving him the ball again. And now look what's happening. And maybe the, maybe it's not a coincidence that the Niners started giving Kittle the ball more and they've won three or four games, and Jimmy Garoppolo's looking good. Like, Jimmy Garoppolo has been good the past month. Like, that's just what it is, right? Like, I know people want Trey Lance to play. I get it. Jimmy Garoppolo has been good the past month. There's no other way to put it. Um, so, so yeah, like, maybe part of the reason why Jimmy Garoppolo has been playing so well is because George Kittle's been more involved in the pass offense and things like that. So, and, and I obviously, I think another part of it is – them relying on the run. Kyle Shanahan has gone back to running the ball a ton. And it's amazing to see. I mean, we have another, uh, they don't have it 18 plus 10. That's 29. 29 plus 8 is 37. 40, 40 run attempts and and, and three, uh, two of which were Neils for Lance. But they pretty much had a two-to-one ratio again on the run to pass. So I didn't mean to take this conversation from Kittle to Garoppolo, but, you know, Kittle being used more probably has a direct you know, correlation to Garoppolo playing better and, and Garoppolo has been good. So it's a good transition though, because mm-hmm. that's the next person sure. we should probably talk about. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of over the whole man. Trey Lance has to play like you no. need to bench. How can you like literally watch what Jimmy Garoppolo has been doing, operating this offense the last four games, including the game that was a loss against Arizona, where I don't feel that he was the problem. 
No. Um, how can you literally watch what he's been doing operating this offense at the efficient level that he's been? Yeah, whatever. Oh, he's only throwing the ball five yards. Da, 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 da. The 49ers are winning games. As long as the 49ers win games, Trey Lance is not going to see the field. Yep. And I don't understand the thought process behind benching Jimmy Garoppolo just for the sake of getting Trey Lance reps right now when this team is winning games. Yeah. Look, it's fair to say right now on the 22nd, hey, Maybe this team isn't going to win a Super Bowl, something like that. Okay, fine. You could probably say that. Yeah. Right now, this team's rolling. And yes. it, and whatever whatever warts the team has, they're not necessarily Jimmy Garoppolo at this point. And um, there was a stat floating around about when Jimmy turns the ball around, uh, over, blah, blah, blah. Bro, one of, those, one of those interceptions was when the game was well in hand. And look, I'm not a Jimmy guy. And I've implored this team at a certain time, especially after the first Arizona start for Trey Lance, to just turn it over to Trey and just roll with it. But right now, how can you say that? How can you literally look in the camera or tweet out, what are you doing? What Like, at this point, this team is rolling right now um, with a chance to continue rolling. And Jimmy Garoppolo is playing fine. Yes. Good. I might even say great in certain stretches. Mm-hmm. Um. I just don't get it. I, I don't I don't get that portion of it. And you, you're just going to have to wait. You're just going to have to wait. That's it. Like, I, it, it. like, look, the one thing Kyle Shanahan has been completely upfront about and has backed it up with his actions is that Jimmy's our starter every single day, and that's it. And you're just going to have to deal with it. Yelling yeah. into the void and tweeting about it, nobody cares. He doesn't care. That's the problem. And the team's winning. I, he doesn't care. Yeah, he does no, he doesn't. Care. No, he doesn't. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm laughing because I'm picturing things. But yeah, no, no, you're absolutely right. And, and like, as I said last week, man, I I will never understand the hate for the way Jimmy Garoppolo is used and the short passes and all that stuff because we love our Yak brothers. And part of the Yak brothers is it's not them going over the top and getting the Yak because Jimmy Garoppolo drops a 50 yard bomb. Jason, big man touchdown. Sorry, big man touchdown. Okay. I was hoping maybe the Giants signed somebody again and you were reacting like they got Castellanos no. or something. Um, but 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 like like it's not like they're called the Yak Brothers because Jimmy Garoppolo's throwing 50-yard bombs into their hands and they're and they're running 30 yards to get an 80-yard touchdown. It's it's more Kyle Shanahan and it goes into the in, in a genius of what Kyle Shanahan is, is he knows what he has in Jimmy Garoppolo. He designs plays to get his receivers in space to create that Yak Brother thing. And so, like, it's it's Jimmy Garoppolo has been good. And the Trey Lance talk, the, the only argument we can talk about with Trey Lance playing is where are these Trey Lance packages where we've heard about and using him as a gadget quarterback? You can have that conversation because that's something I'm curious about, too. Because, you know, what if you have a situation, Jason? And I this is just a random situation off the top of my head that I'm making up. But let's just say you have a 19 play drive and it's fourth and one at the two yard line. You know, you maybe use them in a situation like that. I'm not naming a specific situation, but, you know, things like that. Right. So, well, you mean like the Packers game when it was fourth and one at the half and you literally have to have it right there. And that's when you bring in Trey Lance, that sort of package. Yeah, like that. Like, I, I wish the Niners had a package like that on fourth and one yesterday in the first quarter, you know? So, yeah. so it is what it is. Like, like, but in terms of starting Trey Lance, that conversation needs to be off the table because until either A, Jimmy Garoppolo starts regressing, which could happen, or B, 
the 49ers are out of playoff contention, there's no conversation to be had. So let's let's lay that conversation to rest. Yeah, shout out to everybody who's in the chat right now. Just make sure you like this video, send it up in the algorithm, get people in here so we can have uh, more exposure. Appreciate that. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't been here. But I want to talk about this real quick. Yes. Um, where are all those plays that Trey Lance was uh, that Kyle Shanahan drew up for Trey Lance leaving Justin Fields pro day? Yeah. What are those plays? Yeah. What were those? What were those plays, John Lynch? And if those weren't, if that wasn't happening, then why'd you say that? on a podcast. Why did you say that? If you're yeah. not locking step with the guy, you know, like don't tell me that you have plays for Trey Lance and then it's QB power off tackle or on mm-hmm. uh, behind the guard every single time. Like, don't lie. Please don't lie. I mean, even though you guys lie all the time, whatever, uh, like these plays, these phantom plays, where they at? Where they at? Where they at? Yeah. I'm just, I, these are your words though. This isn't me making it up. Yeah. These no, we're not. Jason, Jason Aponte never makes things up. John Lynch oh Let's my go. god, that's a catch by Andrew Thomas. Yeah, it was a big man. That's touchdown. a great catch. Oh, I, I, you know what? I think we need to have a conversation. Do the Niners need to trade Trent Williams for Andrew Thomas? Because no. Andrew Thomas might make that catch yesterday. No. Here, <laughs> let's talk about the defense. Let's talk about the defense. What do you want to say? Nick Bosa is really good at football, guys. Yeah, we've gone too long without mentioning Nick Bosa. I, I mean, he. 14 tackles for loss, 15 tackles for loss, whatever it is, just just tied his career high off of an ACL injury. My goodness, man. I, I he's literally him and and the unsung hero with this this pass rush, Arden Key. Arden yeah. Key has been low key solid and getting more pressures than Eric Armstead at this point. Now, I know everybody's going to take that and say, "Oh my god, they're paying Eric Armstead so much money and blah, 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 blah. look just take it as the 49ers are deep as we thought they were um, and the defensive line. And, you know, it's it's coming to fruition a little bit. But Nick Bosa is really good at football. And when I watch the All-22, he looks so fast that it looks like the, the lineman has no idea what to do when he's that quick on him. And mm-hmm. and he, he just imagine what he's going to be next season, next season, when he's fully recovered. From the yeah. ACL injury. And and that's a scary thought right now. The only person I feel like that is ahead of him as an edge rusher at this point is Miles Garrett because Miles Garrett's an absolute freak. But yeah. Nick Bosa, week after week, continues to push himself and say, hey, me too, every single week, man. Yeah, and, and Nick Bosa is a three, three and a half sack game away from, hey, Michael Strahan, your record. Let's talk about it. You know, he's he's at 10 sacks. He's he's a little behind pace because the record, I believe, is 22. Um, so, so, like, he's a little behind pace. But if he has one big game, let's say, like, I don't know, a bad team that has a bad offensive line, maybe plays in the Pacific Northwest, maybe both oh, wow. two sacks there. Wait, a last place Pacific Northwest team? You know what? Now that I think about it, yeah, a last place. Yeah. What team last is that? Place. Um, Seattle, some Seattle Seahawks. That's what they are. That last oh, place, Seattle Seahawks. Them. Got it. My bad, my place? bad. I Man, thought that. I, gotta, I, 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 I thought. I thought their quarterback made them a good team automatically. I guess. Well, I got. I got to check the stand. Ones. I got to check the standings, man. Are they in last place? That's incredible, Source? man. I mean, I mean, oh, wow, unbelievable. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Nick Nick Bosa is good, man. I, I don't think we needed to confirm that. Uh, but yeah, man, he's he's. This is him coming off a torn ACL. Let's see what he can do. Obviously, the rest of this season, but next year as well. Like it's, 
it's going to be something, man. And, and and I'm very excited to see what he's been and how good he's been. And it's, it's just so like, it's so crazy because like, he's already at that point in year, I'm going to call it year two, because let's just throw last year out, right? Where like, he has two sacks in a game yesterday. And it just kind of feels like he had a quiet game. Yeah. And like, like that's, he's at that point already. And, and he's so good, man. And, and yeah, Jesse, like, Sure, we, we could talk about the holding. Good thing, you know, tweets were sent and and the holdings got called yesterday and all that fun nice. stuff. But but Nick Bosa is very good, and, and I don't think we need to say that. So, uh, Jason, do you have any final thoughts before we get into our uh, three stars? No, um, this is exactly what a team of this caliber that we expected in the beginning of the season would do against this Jaguars team. Feel bad for Trevor Lawrence right now. He's in a no-win spot. This team just looks like they're floundering. There was, you know, prayers up for Jamal Agnew. That was a, a horrific injury. I hope that he's not um, – I hope that he's not seriously hurt. That's never anything that you want to see. But, um, yeah, I mean, the 49ers did something – two weeks in a row that they hadn't done all season, play a complete game and they dominated a team that was inferior to them. And you know, whatever, like, look, man, it's Monday. We're not nitpicking a big win like this uh, yeah. against other. It doesn't matter who it is. So, uh, and, and like I said, at the start of the podcast, I get it. It's the Jaguars, but good teams take care of business. And the San Francisco 49ers took care of business yesterday. And that's what that is. It's all that matters. Um, so I'm going to do three stars. Go. I want to start though. I'm going to do something we've never done. I don't think we're going to get the first one the same though. I don't think we, we, we can one. find out, but I'm going to do something that has never been done on this podcast. Okay. Oh, I, oh, I think I know where we're going with this, but let's go. I don't know if you do. I'm going to give an honorable mention. Oh, but I'm going to give an honorable mention to a player not on the San Francisco 49ers. Okay. Um, Rayshon Jenkins gets my honorable mention oh. for three stars. He gets called. So the, the drive, the Niners first third down of the game. Nobody blocks Josh Allen. Josh Allen has a free run at Jimmy Garoppolo and sacks him in two seconds. Rayshon Jenkins gets called for holding, which extends the drive. The 49ers go down and kick the field goal. Then in the second quarter, the Niners have a third and two. The Niners lose a yard. After the play, Rayshon Jenkins rips off Jawan Jennings' helmet, and then threw a, what I thought was a punch, but he slapped him. Yep. Gives the Niners a first down, and he gets ejected from the game. He extended two scoring drives after third downs for the San Francisco 49ers. So I want to give Rayshon Jenkins uh, so, some credit for helping the Niners win yesterday. I think, I think he deserves some mention. And let me spin that into a 49ers positive. <laughs> Jawan Jennings is getting himself on the field because mm -hmm. of his run blocking. And you yes. know how much Kyle Shanahan loves that. And I think that that's kind of missed it with Kendrick Bourne. And that's why he was constantly on the field. But Jawan Jennings, I don't think when Muhammad Sanu, whenever it is that he comes back, is getting his job back. This is it. And um, there's that picture of him being, you know, tangled up with Jenkins, but him smiling from ear to ear. Jawan Jennings is a dog. That's a giant man right there. And he definitely wasn't worried at all. And that was a love tap at this point, like to the side of his head. Like he didn't really care. But at the same time, Jawan Jennings, let me spin this into a positive. Jawan Jennings is somebody who's going to be seeing the field a lot more um, in three receiver sets because of the way that he blocks. And mm -hmm. uh, that's a bit of a find right there, especially considering where he was last year, not being yeah. on the team, anything like that. And uh, that's a good thing. So that's, that's my honorable mention. If I could take your honorable mention and push it the other way. Perfect. Yeah. And, and actually a huge shout out to Jenkins too, because 
pulling the helmet off and then punching very smart on his part because i've never understood why people punch helmets i've never helmets, understood it's right. dumb right. uh okay third star uh as i said before i like to give my third star to just a player who doesn't get a lot of attention even though we've already talked about him i'm gonna give it to arden key uh mm. arden key three consecutive weeks with a sack uh his he, is, he had three sacks entering the season he had three sacks entering the season in his career he now has three sacks in three games. So I, I want to make sure we've already talked about him, but I want to give Arden Key some love, man. He, he, he's been very good the past three weeks for this team. And, and, and quite frankly, this was a team that needed help in the pass rush. The pass rush was struggling at the start of the season or, you know, early part of the season. And now it's really starting to click. Players are starting to contribute more. So I want to give Arden Key. Okay. Star. I like it. I'm going to give somebody who is never talked about ever on this team ever. Lakin Tomlinson is our third star. And here's why. He's zero yes. pressures, and he never gets talked about. He never has an issue, anything like that. You never hear a problem about Lakin Tomlinson. He has been incredible. Hasn't missed a game, anything like that. Never gives up pressures. Yep. Again, a flawless game, and I wanted to highlight that. Now, how much of that has to do with the fact that you have the best left tackle in the world playing next to you? Whatever. Make that distinction. That's fine for you. But Lakin Tomlinson is incredible, man, and I'm tired of people not discussing him because when you watch it whoever's lined up in front of him he never misses his assignment he understands the stunts he understands the protection Lincoln Thomas is my third star and you need to put some respect on this man's name man please well it's almost like football's a team sport and and getting a guy to help Lincoln Tomlinson like Trent Williams that that's why you get a guy like Trent Williams last year we saw some issues between the communication right between Tomlinson and Williams and and, and sometimes created issues uh, but this year, none of those issues are there. Like, and great claps, claps for Jason. Everybody clap in the chat for Jason. Uh, great, great call there. Uh, I'm going to go Nick Bosa, second star, uh, two sacks. He's Nick Bosa, man. Like what, what more can we say about him? He's probably the best player on the Niners. I know some people like Trent Williams there. I, Nick Bosa's good, man. So is, uh, do I need to say more? No, you don't. My second star, Brendan Ayuk. Hello, okay. buddy. And this is the way that I, I misthought this game out. I believe that this was going to be a run, run, run game. I understand that, you know, completely. But I didn't realize, and I should have probably thought this out of my mind better, that it was going to be more of Debo Samuel running the ball and Brandon Ayuk being the person who runs more routes. Mm -hmm. Brandon Ayuk was incredible this week. And this is like three straight games of being the guy that we thought we would be getting week one. Brandon Ayuk, again, made tough contested catches. Yak bros, touchdown in the end zone. Ayuk is a baller, man. And this is not, this is like a team that's ascending. Everything is coming together right now. And there's a bunch of things that are working together at the same time. And Brandon Ayuk right now is balling. I am so happy that you're back, buddy. That's my number two star. Uh, my number one star. And I'm mm. only doing this to fluff him up a little bit because because it's an all-important stat. The 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 sprint ride option podcast number one star of the game. Mm. It's huge in MVP conversations. Ooh. I'm going to go offensive weapon Debo Samuel. Oh just wow, we should just did 3-2-1. Did we do 3-2-1 again? Yeah. All right, everybody forget forget what I just said. Jason Aponte, the number one star, 3-2-1 Debo, Debo Samuel. Samuel. Yeah, and, and you might look at his numbers, and, and and I said it earlier, one reception, 15 yards, not fantastic. He's still short of 1,000 yards. What a horrible season he's having. He's not at 1,000 yards yet. What are we even doing here? But he shows his importance by being the best damn running back on the field yesterday. 
but that's what it is. Like I love Jeff Wilson. I love Jeff Wilson. Jeff Wilson, 19 carries, 50 yards, not his best game. Debo Samuel was the best running back on the field between both teams. Eight carries, 79 yards, one touchdown. This is why. This is why we talk about MVP candidate Debo Samuel, because if he's not affecting the game in the past game, it's not that he's irrelevant. Kyle Shanahan uses him in other ways. Debo Samuel, the number one star of the game. Not sure that I could add on anything more. Done. I mean, again, where would this team be without him used in any way that you can? Oh, my goodness. Kadarius Tony's heaving that ball down the field. Pass interference. All right, sorry. Um, yes, Debo Samuel immediately is the X Factor, Swiss Army knife. Where would this team be without him? And, and again, whatever he's asked to do, he will do, and he will do it well. Running back, wide receiver, anywhere, line him up anywhere, get him the ball, just move out of his way. Debo Sam is a football player, and that's it. And uh, and I don't know if I could say anymore. That's why, again, discuss him. Discuss him awesome. as the MVP. Just, just discuss him. Now we're going to get close to the part where he's ahead of Cooper Cup, in my opinion. The only mm-hmm. thing that's holding him back as offensive player of the year is the fact that Jonathan Taylor is running like a madman right now. And uh, that's what we get for talking good about Jonathan Taylor. It's Jonathan uh, Taylor podcast now. Five touchdowns. I mean, five and 1,444 1, all-purpose yards. And the kid is 22 years old. Goodness gracious, man. Like, I would not be upset if if at the end of the year they said Jonathan Taylor is your offensive player of the year. But I feel like Debo Samuel has jumped over Cooper Cup for many of the reasons that I said before. If you took Debo Samuel away from this team, I don't know where they would be. If you took Cooper Cup away, they might have one more loss, you know, and that would be it. But, uh, you know, right now I think that Jonathan Taylor is kind of ahead of him right now, offensive player of the year. But Debo Samuel needs to be talked in that same same way. Uh, Before we go, Jesse, I need you to crunch the numbers for us. Uh, You're the Uh number guy. I need to know what the record is when the Niners score more points than the other team. So, Jesse, if you can get that to us within the next – Three minutes, it'd be fantastic. Advanced um, analytics, we need advanced analytics. We don't, we don't have the Jesse Rodriguez PFF. You know, we don't have the, we don't, yes. we don't subscribe. But he's he he's got his own PFF going, so we'll let yes. him crunch the numbers. Um, but yeah, man. Um, I guess just to peek in, give Jesse some time to look for that stat. Um, as close to a playoff game as you can have in Week Twelve. Oh yeah. Oh as yeah. Close to a playoff game as you could have in Week Twelve. The San Francisco. 49ers against the Minnesota Vikings. It's 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 the Kyle Shanahan game, man. It's 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 Jimmy Garoppolo versus Kirk Cousins. It's it's going to be a fun one, man. And, and it's in Santa Clara, so you know it's it's a, it's a road game for the Niners. We'll see how they do because this is a, this is a team that likes to not be in Santa Clara. It, it's it's this is this is the game that Levi like. I understand the excitement of the Green Bay game. I get that. And there it is, Jesse. Thank you very much. The 49ers are indeed five and zero now. When they score more points than their opponent, thank you. Thank very you much, for that. I, I, I was confused. I was confused. I wasn't. I wasn't sure. Um, I understand the excitement of of what week three was. I understand the excitement of first game after COVID. The fans are back. It's the Packers. It's Sunday night. But Levi's needs to be lit, and I'm just going alliteration there. I don't. I don't say lit as much anymore because I'm, I'm not a cool kid. I'm almost 29, so I feel like almost 28 is when I said lit. 29 is when you use adult words. Two hours uh, and 40 Levi's minutes. needs Levi's needs to be rocking, man. This needs to be a treat. This game like a playoff game on Sunday because this is what it is. And either way, 49er fans should be excited because think about what our thought process was after the Arizona game, and now we're talking about right now. Um, in November, 
meaningful November football into December, meaningful football, man. I mean, that's it. That's all you could have really asked for, man. And and no matter what you have to say about, you know, your concerns, anything like that, nobody could have seen this coming, especially after Colt McCoy, you know, with the 49ers, but Hey, Colt McCoy owns the Seattle Seahawks also as well. Had to get that last shot in there. That's two times in a row that Colt McCoy has gone into that building and whipped them fans or no fans. Colt McCoy owns you pal. So I will say, Hey, Enjoy this game. It's going to be an important game. It is going to be as close to a playoff game as it can be in November. But, uh, you know, one thing I want to say before we go, because I know we're getting to the end, is for everybody who supports this podcast, tunes in every single week, comments, likes, subscribes, listens on the audio, enjoy the time with your family um, this Thanksgiving. um, And you know, hold people close because, you know, there's been a long time where we haven't been able to be around family for obviously COVID reasons, things like that. Um, Just enjoy the time, enjoy football, but enjoy the time with your family. And um, I hope that, I hope that you guys have a blast on Thursday and I hope that you guys get a chance to, you know, eat some great food and just enjoy your family time. Yeah, man. Enjoy your family time. You know, Hey, Live your Thanksgiving like Don Burr is going to live it. He's going to get to watch his Lions beat Andy Dalton and the Bears on, on Thursday, and he's going to have a great day with his family. Oh, is it too early to call Lions over the Bears? I, I mean, it, I mean, would you put that money down on, a, on that game? I'm not even going to watch that game. <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm not going to wake up at 930 my time to watch the Lions. If Justin Fields was in the game, sure, why not? I am not waking up at night. Well, I'm probably going to be awake by 930, but I'm not going to go out of my way to watch Andy Dalton against look, whoever the Lions are starting at quarterback. Tim Boyle. Look, the best Tim part Boyle. about the best part about thanksgiving is waking up at whatever time watching having a beer having a drink whatever sitting there waiting for food to get done and i don't care they could be it could be pop warner football i'm gonna be watching that game and the lions the lions that's a thanksgiving tradition i think i think that nfl communications sent out the stats since like 19 whatever uh i think they've been on like every single thanksgiving ever so like yes we have to watch the stinky cowboys and the lions and all but that's a tradition right there yeah obviously i'm I'm joking i'm uh, thanksgiving to me man it's football and food and family and that that's just what it is the three f's uh nice fff you know things like that um so yeah no just to reiterate what jason said man you guys enjoy a great thanksgiving uh be with your family go have fun uh, be safe, all that, all that fun stuff, man. I, I'm going to be in Santa Rosa, so the background you see today will not be the background on Friday when we when we broadcast our Vikings preview. I'll be in Santa Rosa with my family, uh, things like that. And an obvious favorite, man, since favorite starting quarterback in the league will be starting. Since, I mean, uh, uh, she loves she loves Andy Dalton so much, and uh, yeah, I mean, you're going to get a chance to watch greatness up uh, on national television. Since I hope you enjoy it. And, and yeah, like, like, I guess with Thanksgiving, you know, being thankful for things, I'm thankful for obviously Jason Aponte, um, Oh, you know, that this, this past year and a half, this podcast has grown, be, you know, and, and obviously I joke about how important Jason is and, 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 th- and how people are here for Jason Aponte, but without Jason Aponte, this podcast isn't oh, where it. it is, things like that. But also I, I want to appreciate everybody who's in the comments, everybody who watches this podcast, everybody who listens to this podcast, because I know there's people out there who don't get a chance to watch us and listen to us after. Um, without you guys, man, none of this is possible. I mean, I mean, we do this for you, Jason. Jason and I, 
we try and have fun. We do our best to have fun. We try and keep it loose. We try to have a uh, podcast where we have fun talking about football. And that's why we never take things too seriously. Uh, unless you get spicy, spicy Jason Aponte, you know, we, we need that every so often. Um, but man, what, what, what a wild ride it's been, man. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's been fun. And so, yeah, I guess, I guess long story short, very thankful that, uh, Jason Aponte DM me one day on Twitter. So I did not, you DM me and that's how it all started, but I'm thankful for you, buddy. This, this podcast doesn't go without you. So I don't want to hear it. And also one thing that I don't want to hear anymore about, and I think that our, our uh, listeners don't want to hear about is about Tyler Wade being de- designated for assignment or anything that is going on with the New York Yankees, because nobody on this podcast really cares aside from one or two East coasters who actually listen to us. Hey, I care about the Yankees. I, you I do not. I, my, I, I changed my phone background to Aaron Judge with a beard. That's how much I like it. I mean, that beard looks amazing. But He yeah. looks good with a beard, man. Hey. He does. Uh, Jason Aponte, as always. Let's go Niners and enjoy your Thanksgiving, guys. Let's go Niners. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. And the San Francisco 49ers are going to go to the playoffs. You heard it here first.